The Latter-day Lives podcast is not owned or operated by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Any opinions expressed or implied in this recording are solely those of the host and guests and not of any specific organization, unless otherwise stated. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Latter-day Lives podcast. This is episode number 60. I am your host, Sean Rapier, and what a fun one we have this week. Nate Jones, my guest, is just awesome. The guy is so funny. We we laugh because we have a very similar comedy sensibility. I met him when we were doing stand-up. Uh, he has been a stand-up comic. He's an actor. He's a writer. Uh, we're going to talk all about his very popular book, as well as, you know, we never even got into the fact that he ran for public office. He's just one of those guys where the rest of us sit around thinking, I wish someday or maybe I'd like to eventually. Nate, just he's just one of those guys who just does it. And I love the guy to death. You're really going to enjoy this. And then this week in my Latter-day Life, I'm going to tell you a little bit about uh, an answered prayer this week in a gas station, a prayer that got answered in a very unexpected way. That's all coming up. Before we jump into that, if you are not following us on Facebook, we do a lot of our updates on Facebook, please go follow us. We are at 980 followers. Wouldn't it be fun to hit 1,000 followers? I would just love that. If you get a chance, please go over and, and follow us. That would be great. Okay, that's pretty much it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's conversation. And one of the pleasures that I have of working somewhat in the entertainment industry is I get to meet a lot of nice people. And you always hear, you know, oh, he's a really nice guy. Oh, oh, that guy's a good guy. No one personifies he's a good guy as much as my guest today. And that is Nate Jones. Nate, welcome to the show. Thank you. So great to be here. I'm so glad that you're here. (laughs) And I, I mean that. Like, So Nate and I have run for years kind of in the same circles. Um and no matter who you meet, no matter who you talk to, you say, do you know Nate Jones? 100% of the time, oh, Nate's such a good guy. You know that's your <laughs> well, reputation, that's great right? that's to know. That's oh, great to Everybody know. loves you and people Sometimes love working with wonder, you. Sometimes you'd wonder, you know. <laughs> no, no need to wonder. Uh, Nate and I met uh, more than 20 years ago. We were both doing stand-up comedy. Yeah. And Nate has gone on to have the most fascinating life and career. And we've got a ton to talk about. Yeah. But let's take it way back to old school when <clears throat> yeah. Nate was a very young man. I was born a, <laughs> a young LDS child. No, Wait, I, <laughs> you're not LDS anymore. Yeah, you're a Latter-day Saint child. That's right. That's yes. right. So, so we're getting away from we're getting away from even LDS. As, yeah. As a, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, we're Latter-day Saint. Okay. We're Latter-day Saints. We're Latter-day Saint. We're Latter-day I was just giving you a hard time. But oh, okay. I've said LDS probably twenty times today, <laughs> but eventually we'll get it out of our systems. I actually like the. Uh, I, I actually really like the new policy. I, I, I love. I love it. it. I love yeah. it because I mean, because the bottom line is, is that like, like I prefer Latter Day Christian or LDS Christian because yeah. uh, the word Mormon we get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. We know how Christian Mormons are. Sure, because we are Mormons, right? Yeah. But but to the outside world. Uh, you know, the, that word Mormon has a lot of different connotations right. and not all of them are good. And so no. I, yeah, I, I like it. Yeah. I, I think it's a, I think it's a chance to reclaim ourselves. I think yeah, it's fantastic. Absolutely. I think that, you know, whether or not people will admit to it, maybe outside of Utah, especially mm-hmm. for, especially for people who don't know a lot of Mormons, you say Mormon and polygamy immediately pops into their oh, heads. Oh, yeah. It's so inexorably tied. Right, yeah. And so I love, I don't know, I like the focus on Christ and I like... I totally What agree. I really like is that we're allowed to use members of the church. That's right. I'm a member of the church. The I like church. it. I dig it. I actually think it's really cool. <laughs> I know. I like seriously. it. So. I was listening to uh, the uh, Radio West and they were talking about that yeah. day, Doug Fabrizio. Uh, yeah. I'm a fan, Doug, if you're listening. Um, yeah, it, it, they're awesome. But they were they were talking about the, the name change and and... Peggy Fletcher Stack of the Tribune, I believe. Yeah, she, yeah, the, she, uh, she there, does uh, uh, all the Mormon Watch stuff uh-huh, and, yeah. and Mormon Land, the podcast, yeah. Right, and, and she was saying, I don't think that it's a pejorative term anymore. And I'm like, Peggy, 
you've been in Utah way yeah. too long, obviously, because come on. Yeah. I mean, you know, and whether so, or not it's a pejorative, yeah. it just doesn't maybe mean much of anything. So right. let's, exactly. let's, let's make a move. Exactly. And, and you know what? To me, the other part of it is, yeah, when the prophet says, I've been counseling with the Lord and here's what I feel, I never feel like on the, the heels of that that I should go, you know, I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) You know, let me give you a counterpoint there. Exactly. (laughs) So I love it. So you as a Latter-day Saint child, tell us where you were born and raised. (laughs) You know, I was born in Salt Lake City. And um, when I was 12, my dad got leukemia. And it it was acute leukemia. I mean, the thing is, is that it was, I mean, this guy lived the word of wisdom to the T. And talk about a, a, a trial of faith. I mean, uh, yeah. he lived the word of wisdom perfectly. And you know where it says, you know, you'll walk and you will not faint. You'll have marrow in, the, in mm-hmm. your bones. Sure. Well, my dad died of cancer of the marrow of his bones. And mm. ouch, right? I mean, so that was like, that That really hit did me. Did he pass away when you were 12? I, yeah, he did. Yeah. Oh, and he, I, was, I did not know that. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, it, oh, it, it was hard. Gosh. Yeah. It was not easy. And, here, and here you are at a time where, you know, you're going through all the changes of puberty, plus yeah. getting the priesthood, trying to understand the gospel, right? and you lose your father. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, when you lose your, your creator, right, or one of them, right, it, it, it is a, it, I, you know, Martin Amos, when he was being interviewed once, uh, and this really stayed with me, obviously. He said, they asked him about his father. Martin Amos, of course, is this famous British writer, I guess. And he said, you know, uh, death of father is a many-layered thing. <laughs> and I thought, wow, that is... Because it really is it true. Is. It's a very yeah. many-layered thing. I, and I really liked the the phrasing of that because, gosh, it really is. I mean, it is, it, yeah. When you, when you really think about it, it, it touches on every other... Pa- Part of your life. Well, and I think maybe double down on what we believe about families. Right. You know, because yeah. now what does this mean? I mean, what does this all mean? Yeah. Like, you know, you've got families are forever. Mm-hmm. How does that work? Right. All of a sudden, <laughs> you're 12 years old. Your understanding of God's plan for families right. was very different. It became very advanced. Oh, absolutely. And that yeah. really... And you're right. because And it was almost like it was, I was forced to think of those things in, yeah. in terms of the, the you know eternal perspective. Yeah. yeah, you had no choice in the matter. <laughs> right. So your father yeah. passes away. Now, going back, you are you have some brothers. Yes, I'm a triplet. I You're got two triplet. brothers. Yeah. Yeah, are two you brothers. identical? We were actually two fraternal twins that split. So Norm and I look alike, and Neil had his own egg. What do you do? Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> 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 and, uh, yeah, and of course, and I always kind of, te- I always kind of kid around that my uh, that I'm I'm a meta middle child because I'm the I'm the middle triplet in the middle of five sisters, <laughs> and yeah, classic classic Latter Day Christian family. And you're um, you're the you're, the, uh, you're the, like that's you're the riddle wrapped in the mystery and the enigma. <laughs> I'm, the, yes. I'm a travesty and an, and an enigma wrapped you're, in one. You're, you're so deep. It's Inception all over again. <laughs> It was literally, it was inception conception. Is yeah. what it was. <laughs> you were an uh, egg and an egg and a family and us. <laughs> that is brilliant. That is great. Yeah. So, that but you know, it's awesome. got to be interesting for your other brother who's, so like, yeah. on the one hand, like siblings all are kind of a group, right? Yeah. Then, yeah. then you go down to the fact that you're triplets, so you're kind of your own yeah. class, right? Right. But right. then you got the two who are from the same egg looking at the third going, well, you're really not totally in with us. Right. <laughs> you know? Oh, and he, he knew it. I mean, he, he was really, Neil was, uh, it's funny because my brother Norm and I, we were like, like we were communication geeks, right? So yeah. anything, movies, uh, media, we were just fascinated with that. Neil was like the jock and he was, he, he was the guy who'd like, like, have his hair just right, you know what I mean? And he was better looking than us. I'll say it. I'll say it. It's okay. Oh, no, seriously, like I used to always think that that uh, Neil was like the good looking one and Norm and I got on my parents' uh, genetic leftovers. Yeah. Uh, I never <laughs> never quite got over that. No, but it was it was uh it's it's weird because we were very different in high school and yeah. now we've really become 
closer. Um, I, I wish we were even closer. Uh, yeah. But but we do we do love each other. We have a great. That is a great such a great story. So you're triplets, yeah. and then you have how many other siblings? Five sisters. Five yeah. sisters. So there were eight of you. Eight of us. Eight. Eight was enough. Uh, eight was enough. <laughs> yes. Eight literally was enough. <laughs> um, and then at twelve, you're. So where do you fall in? Where do the triplets fall in the family? So we're the middle. Uh, you're right. We, yeah, we yeah because two. you were just saying you're in the middle uh-huh. of the middle. Yeah. So you've got the two older and then and you've then got the three younger three and younger. I'm the middle one. Yeah. That's just amazing. Oh yeah, my gosh, and, Nate. And talk about um, talk about a family that's that's deeply in, involved uh, in the church. I mean, my dad was a dentist and a turned entrepreneur. And when we came along, Norm got my father's name. I was named after Nathan Eldon Tanner. Oh, wow. And Neil was named after Neil A. Maxwell. Incredible. And, and it's funny because I actually met Neil A. Maxwell once. Here's, here's this guy. He's my hero. He's like the modern Isaiah. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. I, I'm, I'm walking out to him. And I'm in a line, right? He, he spoke at, at, at uh, an institute for the, uh, at the University of Utah. Yeah. And he, <clears throat> he's, he's, uh, I, I'm, the guy in front of me, I'm, try, I'm thinking of what to say to my hero. Right? Yeah. And uh, he, this guy in front of me says the dumbest thing ever asked <laughs> an apostle of the Lord. Seriously, he, he, he just goes, why do you talk so much about Jesus? Seriously. <laughs> seriously. Seriously. No, he did yes. not. No, that he is did. not true. And I've never. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. And this is a totally true story. And I've never seen a more, a look of more befuddled <laughs> Just amazement on, on President Neil Maxwell. A. Maxwell. Yeah. Why do you talk so <laughs> yeah. much about Jesus? Right. And and Neil A. Maxwell. Oh, just, Nate. No. It was it was amazing. So yeah. So he and you know President Maxwell was was gracious. Yeah. He he did his best to, you know. And the guy you know left. But when it got how time, do you follow that though? I know. And the thing is, everything and I was everything that I was tr- uh, thinking about saying to him, left. Yeah. So I ended up saying the second dumbest thing ever told an apostle, which was, uh, "My brother's named after you." <laughs> I had no, like this other kid just just ruined. was such ruined everything. I, I just I the the only thing that came to my mind was my brother's named after you, and he was so great because he 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 pats my shoulder and he says, "I'll try not to tarnish the name." <laughs> And it was oh, so wonderful. That's awesome. It was so wonderful. You know, it remi- reminds I, me of Christmas story when, when he wants to ri- ask for the Red Rider BB gun. Instead, do you want a football? Uh-huh. <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out with that thing, kid. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, oh, what's Nate, funny so is funny. when President Maxwell consoled me saying, I'll, I'll try not to tarnish yeah. the name, I was thinking in my head, I just hope my brother doesn't tarnish your name yeah, of course. too much because knowing my yeah, brother. Yeah, <laughs> of course. That's funny. Oh, so s- total, total non sequitur side note. Uh-huh. I had my mission interview with Neil A. Maxwell. Did you really? We spent 45 minutes talking and in a room, just the two of us. And wow. Most of it was about surfing and music, of all things. We talked about the Beach Boys and the Beatles and... That that's a whole amazing. different story for another day. So you've no, got no, your that's whole... No, that's honestly, that's to me, because he was such a hero of mine, yeah. that's like telling me, oh yeah, I had I had dinner with uh, Abe Lincoln, and he yeah, was, it was, we chatted about surfing. It was amazing. I, and that's he is, amazing to he me. He is the most loving, incredible, genuine wow. man. That's and amazing. I cried when he passed away. Me too. Because he, of that experience. We all felt like we knew him. Oh, he was yeah. that wise grandpa. Yes. And doctrinally. Oh, See, man. that's what's funny is I look back now, I listen to you, and I look back now at 19-year-old me, Yeah. and we got done with the interview, and then he says, so what else are you into? And I decide I'm going to talk music with Neil A. Maxwell. Yeah. Not like doctrine, not like, let's talk about the atonement right. and how it affects my right. life, right. or let's talk about the history of the church. Just cool so things, yeah. Yeah, right. and he tells me about how he loves surfing, and how wow. he tried surfing, and how he loved it. And I, and I look back and I go, he must have been thinking, you know I'm Neil A. Maxwell, right? Yeah. <laughs> You do know who I am. You do right? know who that you is. You know that there's an entire Neil A. Maxwell Institute because I know so much. But let's talk about Barbara Ann. <laughs> That'd be terrific. So. Right. Anyway, so, awesome. so you have this every child's worst fear. Yeah. You lose your father. I mean, yeah. 
rocks everything. Now your mom has eight children. Right. Where did you go from there? Um, well, she always, my dad always told her, if anything happens to me, go, go to Mesa, Arizona, where your parents are. And <clears throat> I mean, my grandpa, Mylon Smith, was, uh, was the state president in the 50s over, over all of Washington, D.C., uh, wow. so I'm kind of name dropping here because my grandpa, yeah. my grandpa was ever Ezra Taft Benson's right hand man. Holy cow! When he was wow. pres- when he was Secretary of Agriculture in the 1950s under Eisenhower, and um, and it was and, and my my grandfather even had a hand in uh, a big hand in exactly where the DC Temple is now. That is Isn't that awesome. amazing? That's so it's kind so of like neat. a claim to LDS So when you history. go to DC, you get to go, yeah, I'm kind of a part of that. <laughs> exactly. That's really neat. It's though. really neat. It's I love, so cool. that's what I love about family history is you learn these things yeah, and it yeah. connects you to them. It really does. It's I mean, awesome. It really does. It's, oh, that's so and cool. And it's kind of neat because, you know, it's kind of neat to have, you know, hey, I have, I have a place in church history. To, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of neat to neat. just kind of cling awesome. to that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. You've got Smith and Jones. Right. You've got the two yeah. names that just are, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be harder to find you because of, it would be easier if you were Napoleon Jones rather than Nate. But yeah, that's good. seriously. That's good. No, it's awesome. Yeah. So you guys moved yeah. to Mesa. Yeah, we moved to Mesa and, you know, and it's funny because there were a lot of fun, funny little stories. I'm actually writing a, a uh, right now, the, the name of it's LDS Christian, but maybe it'll be Latter-day Christian. But it's a, basically a story of me growing up in the 80s. Um, as a teenager and, uh, being a part of just that world, you know, and, and because <clears throat> there's so many things that happen and I really, uh, like for instance, here's a, here's a classic story. So yeah. we're all, we all got our mission calls, right? All the guys in the neighborhood, uh, East Mesa, Arizona, uh, it's in the eighties. We're like, we're sitting there waiting to go. And there's this girl, you know, these girls, you know, that, that, if they did know the true meaning of the of the hymn, I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord. Yeah. If they did know the true meaning, they never really got it, really. Yeah. You know I mean? Like, <laughs> because she's she shows up, we're all sitting on our bikes, just kind of like hanging out and talking, and she shows up, and she's like, hey, guys, how are ya? And we're like going, great, hi. And she's like, one by one, she's asking us where we're going on our missions. And it was so hilarious because it was like it was like she was asking, uh, oh, what kind? It was like fashion or something. Yeah. She's asking, <laughs> hey, um, so Talmadge, where are you going? Uh, I'm going to Spokane, Sp- Spokane, yeah, Washington. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, you know what I mean? So she just. She she was just like that, and then she one by one she's asking, yeah, one by one she's asking all of us. Oh, yeah, and this girl was not that bright. Okay, so this girl was not that bright, and so she's asking my friend Dave, "Where are you going, Paris, France?" Wow. Paris, wow. And my she asked my brother Norm, "Where are you? Where are you going, Norm?" I'm going to Columbia. Is that near New York? It's actually, it's with an two O's. It, it's a country. Colombia. Yeah, it's Colombia. And she's like, oh, okay. And then, and so, so my, my brother Neil starts, my brother Neil decides to just mess with her, right? Because he just, yeah. he just knows. Yeah. So by the time it gets to him, he, <laughs> Neil's so quick. And to this day, he's one of the funniest guys I've ever known. Yeah. But he's so quick. She gets to him, Neil, where are you going? Uh, I'm going to uh, Portland. <laughs> what? <laughs> Portland? Where, where's that? It's in the West Indies. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's amazing. And, then, and she's like, what language do they speak there? Portuguese. Wow. They speak Portuguese in Portland. <laughs> And it was because he Neil went to Oregon, right? <laughs> Oregon. <laughs> but of course, he, he doesn't want to oh, tell this girl that he's so going to Portland, Oregon, funny. right? Oh my gosh, oh, such a classic! What a great place to grow up. <laughs> it really. You was. know what I love about Mesa is that it's the right, like it's a great hybrid of yeah, lots of members of the church and lots of other cultures. Mm-hmm. You know, it's this incredible mixing pot. Whereas we're, you know, Utah and I would say even Idaho, you know. It's a, it's not only a lot of members of the church, right? But we're a little bit <clears throat> uniculture to a certain extent, right? It's yeah. changing, I believe. It is changing, and for and, that and for the culture. better, yeah, yeah. you know. But yeah. 
Mesa has always been this incredibly colorful, beautiful place. Yeah, and that being but, said, but it's still funny. a lot of structure. Like a third of it, though, is only is L- is LDS. Yeah, uh, when I was there, so only a third of it's LDS. So that's kind of interesting. But it's a yeah, it's a neat neat place. Oh, so. it is. Gosh, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So <laughs> so you go you go on your mission. So yeah. so where did you serve? I went to Puerto Rico, San Juan. Puerto Rico, San Juan. <laughs> and you know these San guys. Juan. San Juan, Puerto Rico. Yeah, you got to make it the Puerto. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. My favorite is when, when you hear missionaries who have come home, <laughs> and they're not sure if they want to tell you they were serving a mission, but they'll go, they'll go, oh, yeah, it's good to meet you. I was actually living recently in San Juan, Puerto Rico yeah, yeah. for two years. Oh, really? What were you doing there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. You don't say. Like you don't yeah. say two years. Oh, really. two years. You're 18. You were there for two years. Yeah. What were you doing? What on earth were you doing there? <laughs> and it's funny because there's also the missionaries when I got home. I don't think it happens much anymore. I hope not. But, you know, the guys who who wear it on their sleeve, especially yeah. like, you know, like. Literally wear I, it on their sleeve. <laughs> like they'll wear the San Juan right. flag shirt every yeah. day. Yeah, seriously. Yes. Or, or like to impress girls at a dance. I remember walking past this dance and uh, I was in, at a dance. Uh, a steak dance in in Mesa, and this this it was so funny because I'm walking past this guy and this guy goes, this, this girl goes, "Where did you serve?" I served in Buenos Aires, <laughs> Argentina, and it was like, she's like, "Wow!" And I'm like, and and you know that the guys who don't yeah, who so. didn't go Spanish speaking or whatever, I roll in their eyes going, "Guy, dude, thank you, Latino Batman." <laughs> Exactly. Argentina. Yeah, exactly. I'm not the missionary that that the Argentina deserves. I'm the missionary that it needs. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Oh, oh, it's fantastic. It's so funny. So you serve in. So, what was your experience in Puerto Rico? Was oh, great, it, great mission experience. Oh, Puerto Rico was great. I mean, yeah, Puerto Rico was was. I it love was, Puerto Rico. Um, We've been three or four times. Oh, is that I right? I love oh. San Juan. It's beautiful. The people are wonderful. Gosh, it's hot. Oh, yeah. It is hot. <laughs> it's Especially on that southern end. Oh, gosh. Very, very, yeah. But, like, the history yeah. of San Juan, the pirates and castles. Oh, and, it's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful place. All the way back to the 1500s. You know, it's funny because recently a Puerto Rican lady told me that she said, you sound Cuban. I'm like, really? So I guess wow. I guess since my mission, I've been to I've been to España, I've been to Spain, I've been to Mexico a few times. Yeah. And and I guess that that and I and I have been fascinated with Cuba. I'm I'm, sure. I'm amazed at Cuba. Yeah. But but it's interesting that they would say that my accent has changed to sound kind yeah. of Cuban. I mean that's kind of interesting. Oh yeah. Bueno, yeah. Sabe, when I maybe it's because you were talking about socialism and <laughs> cigars or something. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's just what you were talking about. Maybe. Maybe that, that was his context, so. right? <laughs> that's it. Um, so you get home from your mission. Did yeah. you did you go back home to Arizona or did you immediately come out to Utah? Because I know at some point when we met, yeah. you were here in Utah. <clears throat> yeah, I think early on I, I just decided, because uh, again, like all my friends were going to the Y yeah. or they were going to... Um, the University of Utah, and I, I went to a, a wonderful, wonderful institution called Utah Valley Community College. Yes, UVCC. And, yes, UVCC, and now it is UVU. Yeah, and, and in between it was a UVSC. Yes, it was a UVSC, state college for a little right. while. State college. Like, hey, we're a state college. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, and you know what's amazing? UVU, now UVU, Yeah, such an amazing institution. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that campus is incredible. And it's kind of miraculous. But back in the day, it used to be, where do you go to school? I go to UVCC. Oh, you couldn't get into BYU? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, and I got that a lot. It was funny. Uh, No, but, but, um, and not to drop names, but he's a favorite person of mine, Matthew Holland. Yes. Um, He was was my bishop, actually. Oh, Uh, no way. Just east of BYU. Bishop Holland. Oh, that's amazing. And he was my bishop when... He was called to be president of UVU, and this awesome. is kind of a fun story because my wife and his wife Paige were visiting teaching companions. Oh, wow! And so they got talking, and <laughs> and of course, my wife comes home and says, "Honey, why can't you be the president of something?" <laughs> and I thought, "Yeah, okay." I go, "Honey." I'm the president of this ha- vice president of this house. I, I, I pulled it out of a new nosedive. Yeah, just yeah. just before answering that one. Yeah, you just about made a bad situation worse. Yeah, 
Oh, but we we love the Hollands. They're uh, they they're amazing, people. That's amazing people. And the the what amazing things that he did for oh my gosh, oh. it really is. It's impressive. It's, it's so a big amazing, deal yeah. what he was able to to do there. And, oh yeah. Um. So what was your plan then? You now you're you're home. You're going yeah. to UVCC at the time, <clears throat> right? You're the return missionary. You're the cool <laughs> right. guy, like speaking Spanish and just being cool. You know, and it's funny because I I got into that. That's about then is probably when we met, right? Yeah, around then and. And especially when you, like when mid- did you start doing stand up? I started doing stand up um, while I was at the U. Actually, yeah. I was um, the when I was doing stand up mid nineties, early nineties. Yeah, that's when I started getting into theater and I yeah. studying acting and everything like that. And we probably met doing stand up in like ninety six. Yeah, that sounds about there. right. Yeah, uh, you were so funny. You know what I love? Likewise, man. <laughs> you told a lot of storytelling jokes. That had like twenty five jokes baked into them, and I was always so jealous of it. It wasn't, it wasn't like just patter punchline, patter punchline. Right. You tell a joke, and then like halfway into the story, there's a punchline. Then there's another one, and <laughs> you're a very good comic. Thanks, man. I don't know why, Nate. You have the ability to make me laugh. Like, I mean, just it's fantastic. You have a great way about you. Thanks, man. Uh, at some point in here, uh, so at some point in here. LDS film at the time, yeah. Latter-day Saint film. We'll all get used to that. Um, <laughs> Latter-day Saint uh, film, the film kind of thing takes off, right? right. And we, we end up with uh, God's Army kind of kicked it off. Right. And then we get uh, all of the Hailstorm type films, right. you know. Singles Ward. Singles Ward with and the Michael RM. And, yeah, all of our friends yeah. uh, doing that. And you decide that it's the perfect time to... Do a Nate Jones production. Tell us about the work and the story. What is it? You know, and, and it's fun that after all these years, um, that that the um, <clears throat> that living scripture, uh, living scriptures, I should say, the LDS Netflix, uh, yeah. the the movie is actually streaming on there, yeah. including a little short companion movie. Oh, is it really? Uh huh. It's That's derivative awesome. of the of the actual film, but it's 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 you know slightly different. It's it's called Peter Mormon Filmmaker, and mm. kind of fun. It's yeah. it's just about the character that I play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. So but, tell us the, the backstory. What's the story of the work in the story? So the story behind the work in the story was that um, I was in Los Angeles and I was just you know I was teaching in South Central LA. That's a cultural experience, <laughs> and um, and I was. Uh, and, and I just was had this hankering and, and uh, to make a movie because everyone else was making an LDS film, and I thought, hey, maybe I will too. And, yeah. And uh, my friends convinced me, hey, make one like, uh, make one like, uh, uh, you know, the Spinal Tap. Yeah, or like make, Waiting for Guffman. Yeah, Waiting for Guffman or yeah. Best in Show. Best make in a show. mockumentary. Yeah. And for those who don't know, um, <laughs> this is why my movie didn't do very well. Yeah, this uh, is, for those who don't know, yeah. yes, a, a, a mockumentary is a fictitious comedy that's done in a documentary style, documentary as style. if it's real, right? Yeah. And so I, we just did it, and it, it took me three years to make that thing. And and the story of the film is yeah. that the number one main. Latter-day Saint director has gone yes. missing. Yes, and uh, Richard Dutcher played himself yeah. in, in the movie. And he, and he was the director of God's Army, uh-huh. and uh, there's God's Army too. but there was also, right. there was a... Uh, Brigham other, City. Brigham City, uh-huh. right. And uh, yeah. so, so he's gone missing, and you got to find him. Yeah, that's the story of it, is yeah. that uh, he's, he's <laughs> you know, and, and, and the, whole, the whole tagline was, who will be... The next Mormon Spielberg. <laughs> it was very funny. And, it uh, is. I just got to say, I, I can't judge it. <laughs> like whitewash judge it. I know yeah. 90% of the people in it. Yeah. Oh, and, and I know and the backstory. There's Scott Christopher and there's uh, yeah. there's even Kirby Hayborn yep, and Christopher yep. Miller and so many heavy hitters of, of yeah. just Utah and LDS comedy. And, yeah. And I sit and I laugh hysterically. <laughs> But as we were talking about the other night, and I'm just going to drop this in there and not explain it at all. As I explained to you the other night as we were throwing axes at a wall. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to leave that there and not give it any explanation. Um, it's very inside baseball, too. So I don't very, know how to judge it. Like To me, yes. it's one of the funniest movies ever made. Thank like, you. I laugh soup to nuts for that movie. I cannot <laughs> stop laughing. Yeah. But I don't know how to watch it 
not knowing the Utah film world. Exactly. And like and and that's the thing is that I had convinced myself that I was making a movie for Mormons. And really what I did was I made a movie for Mormon filmmakers. Yeah. Because I made a movie that was not only satirical and spoofing LDS cinema. Yeah. But it was also spoofing Hollywood. You right. know, the ridiculousness of Hollywood yeah. and, and and trying budgets you guys talk about right. and, and how you get a crew together. Right. And and one point five thousand dollars. <laughs> Big budgets here. Oh, We're gosh. talking large budgets. Oh, gosh. That movie is so funny. <laughs> so if people want to see it, they can go check it out at, yeah. at uh, Living Scriptures. Living Scriptures, and, yeah. And that is just awesome. And I'm going to say something, and that is that you can say all day long that you made a film about this or about that, and it did however it did and whatever. Mm-hmm. Nate, you made a movie. Thanks. You made it. And I that's the one it. thing that's amazing is... Thanks. For every 10,000 guys who are sitting around going, I've got the greatest movie idea, and I, <laughs> right. I would love someday this, this thing, and it's yeah. never, it doesn't even make it to paper. Right. You made it to film. You made your movie, Thanks, which is awesome. I just think that's that the neatest thing in the world. So Thanks. And it was my film school, let's face it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what you learned. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boy, did I. <laughs> it's awesome. In a lot of ways. And it's interesting because every time I would make a a full-length feature film. I've only made two. But every time I did, yeah. before that and even after, I would just be so frustrated with the process. So many things are out of your control and all the list goes on that I would just write a novel. Yeah. And uh, and then I would write another one. And then and uh, be, and then I, I made this movie called uh, Tongue Tied. Yeah. Tell us the, and, uh, the, the story behind Tongue Tied is hilarious. Thank you. Like, to give us the backstory of Tongue Tied. So the premise of Tongue Tied is basically, it's about a, a talk radio personality in Arizona who, uh, he's conservative, and he, uh, and he awakens one day uh, after a car accident with bilingual aphasia. He can only speak Spanish. Turns out he knew he knew Spanish as a kid, yeah, and um, and he and his whole life unravels. You know, he's he, got pretty strong feelings about Latinos, which yeah. is why it makes it so funny that he can now only speak exactly. Spanish. exactly. Kind of a shoe on the other foot. It really story. is. It would be what yeah. do you learn from suddenly? It's easy to judge people until you walk in their shoes. Exactly, kind of and it really is kind of a walk in someone else's moccasins kind of story. And yeah, yeah, and it's. Yeah. I mean, we shot it five years ago. It's it's kind of stuck in. <laughs> distribution Hades right yeah. now, but I I do th- I do hope that it'll, it'll by the find... way that's distribution Hades not it's in distribution in Haiti. Yeah, right, <laughs> Let right. me clear yes. in it's, Hades. It's not being distributed yeah. in Haiti. Yeah, it's, it's in Hades. It, yeah. H-A-D-E-S. Yes, meaning yes. the uh, Greek yeah, underworld. purgatory. Yeah, it's purgatory. purgatory. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, I just want to be clear that people aren't going. Ah, I wonder if I can get on Ooh. a Haitian website. <laughs> download it yeah it's not there you're right so that's well i mean good. i do hope that in a few months it'll finally find its way into it'll theaters make its or way out yeah it'll, it'll happen it's too good of a story thanks so. thanks I'm now before we get into kind of the the biggest thing that i want to talk about you for years as we kind of kept track of each other on social media or whatever yeah. still single ah there's yes. Nate, still single i was single for a long Nate, time such a just you know Good-looking Playboy Bachelor guy, <laughs> all these years. So, oh, so give man. us a little bit of background on your feelings on being because there are, let's face it, there are some special pressures that some people feel. Yes, I got married super young, but mm-hmm. I've seen it. You know, I've right. seen it. I've seen it with friends or whatever where they feel like. Oh. Did you feel like that was something external? Or did you feel like it was internal, or did you not feel it at all? It was probably a combination. I mean, I I felt, um, it, you know, I, I was. I'll admit it. I was. I was scared of jumping into that uh, institution of marriage. I, I I had seen several friends uh, and family uh, get divorced, and I yeah. I was I was it just I was kind of shell shocked because again I, I was a born romantic. I really wanted something to be forever. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, it, it took me a while and, and I think, but I had this premonition once, um, I was, uh, you know, I was, I was yet again, uh, hanging out with roommates and one Saturday morning, all my roommates were gone. Uh, I was living in Salt Lake and I just had this premonition. I had these, I just, I, f- I, 
it's almost like these, I don't know, spirits that wanted to come down or something. I don't know. Or if it was just a, if it was just a, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a, a, just a tiny hint of what might have been by now. And I just started having this, I mean, it wasn't like, and maybe it was just my own imagination, but there was just, I heard laughter and conversations mm. of people, daughters, sons, uh, just people that, yeah. that um, wanted to be here and that I could share my life and, and self with. Yeah. And, uh, and it really struck me. And I, and, I, and I got this feeling that, Nate, if, if you're not married at 40, you won't be married at 50. And that really hit me. And I just was like, wow. And so I subsequently was determined to uh, <laughs> find a bride. And, um, yeah. and before I knew it, I, I, I found Inga. And, and yeah. We, yeah, we've been married for almost 13 years. Yeah. yeah. And Inga, such a beautiful, you have such a beautiful family. Thanks. Tell, <laughs> tell us about your kids. Well, uh, Ilona is uh, uh, 26. She's, yeah. she's, not, she's not living at home. Yeah. Uh, but uh, she's not living in our home. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, and then there's, um, uh, then Alina just turned 18. Isn't that amazing? She's starting UVU. Uh, it's yeah, amazing. Incredible. And then, uh, and then Richard is 16 in November. He's 10th, 10th grader awesome. at Tempview High. And, uh, and then Evelyn is uh, 12 in November. Weird. Incredible. And, uh, and, and, and Dimitri... Dimitri Jones is uh, 11 in February. So Gosh. just amazing. What a blessed yeah. life. Oh, I, I'm so lucky. I, I really am. It's just am. so I'm, neat. The way, the way it all came together. and Yeah. So would you describe Inga as a patient woman? <laughs> I always oh, she's say, patient. If you're yeah. married to a comedian, there's a special place in heaven. There will be its own room oh, for women goodness. married to yeah. comedians. Does it, does it drive... Inga crazy when people ask her if it's fun to live with you. <laughs> well, if you ever want to see my wife's face. <laughs> well, it's funny because Inga really is so patient with me. She just accepts me. And, and when I have my, my, these big dreams of, you know, of getting my stories out there and, and, you know, she's, she's patient with me. She still will say no, you know, and when I pay $6,500 for a billboard yes. to sell a book, um, she's very, she's angry for a while. And yeah. maybe she still has that deep-seated resentment. But um, no, but she's really been, she's really been great lately. That's I mean, honestly, so especially, she's, she really has been yeah. uh, very supportive. supportive. Yeah. And, and that's so important, honestly. Well, and now that brings us to Nate Jones, decorated author. <laughs> Tell us about Dragonkin. Well, Dragonkin started um, uh, with between conversations with my brother and I, and yeah. he had this idea, and he just he just thought I keep thinking about this thing, and I and I told him I said, well, if you have if you want a little dragon child story, you have to you have to come up with a way to approach it, and so off the top of my head, right then I said, um, like, what if dragons, you know, what if they were real in the fifth century A.D. and they and then, um, as they were, uh, as they were, they were being hunted down, uh, they decided to become genetic stowaways on the very creatures that were trying to kill them. Yeah. And seven and 70 generations later, we have our hero yeah. who discovers that he carries ancient dragon DNA. So it's literally a boy uh -huh. with dragon DNA. Yes. It's really fun. And it's That's awesome. And you know, it's fun. And, and I wanted to make something that kids you know 11 to 111 could could enjoy and yeah. and and i think i think i did it i mean it was a lot of work for three years but but it was so it took uh, you three years to write how many pages is the book 243 that's a big book it's a big book i mean do you it, know the word count in terms of uh about 67 68,000. wow that's incredible and it was and i probably i probably wrote uh, what probably I wrote three or four times that, yeah, uh, to to just polish it because I knew I was a I knew that most of my training was in was in film writing, yeah. But I I used to write prose and uh, and I I still loved it and so I just decided to push through and and uh, and it, it was really I had some amazing 
really spiritual moments actually because uh, I wanted I wanted there to be um, I mean I'm a teacher you know and so I wanted to inspire yeah. and I wanted to guide but I didn't want to do it in a in a pedantic way or some kind of preachy way right so I wanted those things those themes to be subtle but there are some spiritual themes in Dragon King there are yeah about who we are and where we come from and yeah. How we treat others and exactly. all those things. Yeah. And, and there's three kinds of fire. There's, there's fire spew. Um, uh, that's, that's the fire that comes out of their mouth, of course, that they yeah. can, you know. And then there's erifice, which is, <clears throat> it's, a fi- it's the purest form of dragon communication. Mm. And it's, it's, it's purple, blue, and green flames, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's on the opposite end of the color wheel of regular fire. Yeah. And, and it, it doesn't burn. It, oh, interesting. It, uh, yeah, p- uh, dragon kind, dragon people uh, spew it this this type of fire all over each other, and they can wordlessly. That's how they communicate. Communicate. Yeah, it's really neat. And then which the there's third... a little parallel there to spiritual communication. Oh, there is, and, yeah. and the last the last kind of fire is the fire within. Oh, awesome! Which has, of course, you know, gospel yeah, of course um, associations with it. Yeah. So if if people want to find dragon kin, it's important. It's Dragon K-Y-N, and it's all one word. Yeah, all one and word. And you'll see it by Nathan Smith-Jones, Dragonkin. And by the way, if you go look it up on Amazon right now, four and a half stars Thanks. in reviews. People love this book. Thank you. Yeah, And you are neat. in a unique club. You're, the, you're only our second author here in this club. We had uh, Gainalyn Condi a few weeks ago who oh. had a, a really nice foreword. You have a little review on the cover of your book by a, a fairly well-known yes. author. Who who gave the review on the front of your book? Richard Paul Evans. I had done. How some, did that come together? Well, you know, it's funny because he he hired me a few years earlier to uh, to do some voiceover for him. Yeah, and um, uh, for for it was actually for Michael Vay, oh, <laughs> the wow. very first Michael Vay. I, I I played this this very serious man. And, yeah, and. Uh, and I did this little um, this promo for Michael Vay, and boy, oh, cool. Michael Vay sure turned out well. And yeah, um, and uh, and so I did this this thing for Michael Vay, and I just called up his secretary, and I I just said, or I text, or I emailed her, and I said, hey, is there any way that? And he was so wonderful. He 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 read the book. He said, and he gave me the most amazing quote, yeah, for, to put on the cover, which was um, an exciting blast of dragon wizardry on the on the young adult fantasy landscape. Yeah. Which I mean that's how amazing. wonderful is that? Yeah. I, I mean, mean even in his reviews he's one of the best writers. Yeah, like <laughs> seriously. Yeah. And you know it's funny because the uh, and then of course Kirkus reviews. Yeah, I mean, Kirkus huge. reviews. They, they, Incredible. They, they they called it a um, a superhero series opener that is sure to work quick, indelible magic on audi- on audiences. Oh, I gosh. mean, how could you ask for anything yeah. more than that? How My great goodness. is that? I, I was just like, wow. That's... And when you read the reviews on Amazon, you've got super fans. <laughs> and we, we're going to ask you the question they're all asking. When's the next Dragonkin? <laughs> That's what everybody wants to know. You know, I, I have a... Um, if you well, book two is probably going to be out in a year. I want to say year, maybe a year and a half, but it'll be you know, it'll be great. It'll be great. But in the there. meantime, but in the meantime, you can go to wattpad.com. Okay. Spell wattpad. that out: W A T T. Uh huh. P A D. Yep. Wattpad.com. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a it's a site for where um, where authors, uh, professional and amateur, can jump in, and and writers of all kinds can just build an audience. Yeah, and and it's everything's free, uh, so you can go and start write. Uh, you can start reading the first part of a spinoff story. It's it's not the same as Mark's story, but it's in the same, same Dragon King yeah. world. Yeah. yeah, and it's called uh, it's called uh, Russian Doll, a Dragon mm. King story. Awesome, and it's really fun. It's about a, it's about a woman who, and the whole thing starts off when she. Um, I mean, she's had a hard life, you know. I mean, she she was adopted from from Russia, yeah. And she um, and then her parents, her adopted parents, die, and she's mm. go, she goes through these foster homes, and it's 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 tough. It's it's a little bit darker, a little bit darker. Uh, and it, she, what what age is this written for? Well, this one, um, this one, because Dragonkin is, I mean, eleven, yeah, twelve, whatever. You yeah, know. and I mean, Dragonkin is uh, there. There's no swearing. There's no yeah. sex. There's yeah. uh, there's some violence. Yeah. But so in a way, it's kind of like the Book of Mormon. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> so hopefully, you know, that'll, that'll, I have that in common. Like, <laughs> an amazing book of scripture. No, but, um, but. Uh, with, among great books. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, you know, in, in Russian Doll, yes, it, it's about a, a 19 year old woman. Um, and she's, she's been through a lot. Um, and it, it does have some adult themes in there, but it doesn't, I mean, I still try to keep it yeah. PG. And, would it be more late YA, like 17, 18? Yeah, I would say that. up or more YSA, like in your twenties? I would say 17, 18, because yeah. the, the very few like swear words yeah. that are in there, they have like asterisks. Yeah, so, so, so they're even, like yeah. a bleep, you know what it's I mean? not even, so. yeah. So I don't. So, I don't actually say the. the so people can words. go to Wattpad and they can check that all out. Yeah, and it's. I think. I think it's Nathan Jones zero eight five. Yeah. <laughs> or they can yeah. just look up. Or they can just uh, try to find. And if people, if people want to. Uh, Russian doll. Now, now here's here's the ultimate layup set up for you. Are you ready? Oh, okay. Nate, I don't have time to sit and read. <laughs> I'm just way too busy doing things with my hands. If only someone could read it to me. Funny you should say that. <laughs> Because, you know, Sean, I happen to have taken the last eight months of my life. Yes. And this, this record- project took forever, by the <laughs> yes, way. it really well, did. This project could have been done in about two weeks. <laughs> you could have had Kirby Hayborn do it. I know. Because he does. That's what he does. He but, does. But instead, does. we get Nate Jones. That's as true. As read by the author. As read by the author. So I, I read my book, and it took me eight months. Because, again, everything else on my plate. I, of I course. Got, I have a couple teaching jobs and everything. Um, just lots on my plate. So every Saturday for hours, yeah. I would just record and I would read, I would record and I would edit it. And so I had to do kind of it all. And, um, but, uh, but I'm proud of it. I'm really yeah. proud of it. I, uh, because, because I'm a voiceover guy, um, I hadn't done a ton of, na- of narration, Yeah, but I just kind of, but you've done a lot of way. voiceover. You've done a I lot have. of acting. You've yeah. got a regular role for a, a big uh, software company. That <laughs> yeah. You play Dave Malarkey, the, the clueless CEO. Yeah. If anyone wants to go on to, uh, it's kind of funny, all the different things out there, right? Yeah. With my name on. Phobos. Um, <laughs> Sophos. Yeah. Or Sophos. Yeah. yeah. Phobos. Sophos. Sophos. Yeah. They can go out and they can find Dave Malarkey. And Sophos yeah. even made an action figure out of you. <laughs> You literally have your own action figure because of the character Dave Malarkey. It's true. Oh, it's that's so funny. So fun. It is. And weird. if people want to hear the audiobook, they can go to Audible. It's available yeah, on Audible. Audible. Audiobooks.com. So, uh, and I believe it's going to be on seven other formats yeah. really soon. It's going to be on like the. I think it's going to be on the Apple one. It's going to be on the Barnes and Noble one. Yeah. It's going to be on Nook. I believe. I'm a big Audible fan. Thanks. This is Audible. This. Is audible. Yeah, that's. I mean, <laughs> wow. he opens it up that way every time. He does. This and is audible. Isn't that Dave McCullough, the 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 famous um the famous historian who did 1776? And, and I don't know. Is that who Truman? says that? I, it sounds a lot oh, like gosh, him. I don't know. That's funny. This is audible. Yeah, ever at the beginning. Of <laughs> yeah. Nate Jones Productions proudly <laughs> presents Dragonkin. And it's kind yeah. of it's actually called I Read Books and Media is the company yeah. that that uh yeah. puts putting it out there and and it's fun because I read I read is uh, I read books and media. It is true. I do read books and media. Yeah. But yeah. but I read is also the first letters of all my kids. What? Yeah. How neat is that? I read I Alona, Richard, Evelyn, Alina, Dimitri. That's awesome. Isn't that fun? So you can just so. call your whole crew the I Read crew. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Nate, That's you awesome. have such a fun and blessed life. And I, I do. meant I mean what I said at the beginning, that you bring joy to the world. Thanks. You encompass the gospel to me. Like you have this just outlook on life that's so positive and that like I'm I'm really proud that when you go out in the world, which you do a lot in all the various things that you do that you represent our church. You're just a good guy Thanks. and a good representative that way. And it's <laughs> a lot of fun. This has been so fun. And I'm just going to apologize for all the short outs on my camera for me laughing so hard <laughs> on, my, on my microphone. I'm sure I shorted out about 10 different times because oh, it's just so fun hanging out with you. It's the Likewise, best. Likewise, so, man. I love it's it. It's just awesome. We're going to wrap this up the way that we end all of our interviews. Yeah. And that is with a question that's so simple and so huge all at once. Yeah. But uh, Nate Jones, what does being a member of the church mean to you? Um, being a member of the church uh, means safety. It means home. 
uh, it means that I don't have to feel so far away from where I came from when I live with my Heavenly Father. It's a, it's a refuge, and, it, and, it's, and I, I don't want to start crying, but I will say that the, the patience that the Lord has had with me with all of um, all the things that in my life that I, I think I've got to do. And he just keeps patting me on the shoulder saying, I, I know, but I, I want you to do things my way too. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yeah. and it's, 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 I've, I've learned through this industry, I've learned through uh, just living um, just, I don't know, you really have to be humble. Uh, but there's, there's no other, uh, you just have to be open. This is what I've been thinking of lately anyway, is that you have to be open to the Spirit. You have to be open to um, allowing Him to, to take the take the wheel. Uh, not, not, to, not to quote some country yeah. song, but yeah, but yeah I mean, to, because he, he just, he knows what your life is supposed to end up being. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that is, um, and I'm just so grateful for that. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so. <laughs> Actor, writer, published author, filmmaker, husband, father, and all-around good man, Nate Jones, thank you so much for sharing your latter-day life with us. We appreciate it. <laughs> thank you for having me. And my thanks to my friend Nate Jones for coming on. I had so much fun. As you can probably tell, I had a lot of fun with that interview. Nate's such a good guy. I just just love the guy. Um, I should have mentioned at the beginning, once again, we are doing video for this. So if you'd like to see Nate, he's a very animated guy. So if you'd like to see him, uh, you can check it out on YouTube. You can go to the Latter-day Lives page on YouTube or on our Facebook page. We do post these on Facebook as well as on YouTube. So thank you again, Nate. Fantastic guy. Uh, this week in my Latter-day life, you know, it's an interesting experience. I was in San Diego, as I often am. And on uh, Monday night, uh, I went to Disneyland, which I often do when I'm down there. Went with a friend of mine, but we uh, we drove separately. This is a guy I go to Disneyland with quite often. He's the VP of marketing for our company, Tracy Smith, one of my closest friends and a great guy. And we just go, when we have evenings free, we just go walk around and just enjoy the park. And we certainly did that night. It was just really fun. And we drove back separately. I had already been up there on business. So I drove back and I got back to my hotel down in San Diego. And as I was pulling in, my, my hotel where I like to stay and where I was staying that night uh, is right next to a gas station. There's a gas station, there's a Wendy's, a few things in there. And it's a safe neighborhood. I've always felt felt safe there. Uh, and as I pulled in, there was a guy who kind of came walking over and sat watching me. And I did notice him. I'm always aware when I travel. And uh, he sat down, he had a piece of cardboard in his hand. And as I was getting things out of my car, he said, excuse me, sir, sir, excuse me. And I thought, oh no, what's going to happen now? What is going on? And uh, he came over and he was very apprehensive. Like, I know this is weird. I know I don't want to bother you. And he looked a little bit ratty, if I'm being honest. I hate to judge people, but he was a little bit dirty. And uh, and he said, I'm, I'm so sorry to bother you. And I've had this happen before where people come up and say, oh, my car ran out of gas and I'm just trying to get somewhere. Can you give me money? And usually what I try to do is say, well, why don't I help you fill your fill your tank? And then they go, no, I'll just take the money. My car is a few blocks away, and it's a story that doesn't make sense. And this is what I had expected with this gentleman. But he came up and said, uh, you know what? We're coming up from Tijuana. We buy a bunch of stuff in Tijuana, and then we do the L.A. Um, what do they call that? Flea market. He said, we do the L.A. flea market, and we're coming back from Tijuana, and our car has run out of gas, and I have no cash. He said, I just have no money. And he said, I made this sign to ask people for help. I've been sitting on the corner for two hours and nobody has helped me. 
And it all sounded very suspicious. And I said to him, you know what? There's a gas station right there. I'd be happy to put some gas in your car so you can make it to Los Angeles. And he said, oh, that'd be wonderful. He said, my girlfriend is in the car. We've been sitting for three hours. If you wouldn't mind just putting a few bucks in, that would be great. Well, I was kind of surprised. Like, oh, he actually is hoping for gas. And so he went and he got this uh, van and started to pull around. And I started to get nervous. This was not a good looking van, you know. And in your head, you have these things happen where I thought, you know, it's midnight. Are 20 people going to jump out of that van? And then I realized I walked up to the pump. I told him which pump to meet me at. And I've got my debit card out. And so I quickly engaged the pump and put in my pin so that he wouldn't be there to see it. And I was just all on pins and needles, like, I want to help this guy. But so he pulled up and I put in, put in, started putting in the gas and gas very expensive in California right now. But I started to, I decided I'd put in 10 gallons for him. He needed to get, oh, by the way, as he pulled the van up, it literally died. I mean, died at the, you could hear it kind of run out of gas right there at the pump. And he got out of the car. And again, I was still a little bit cautious. And he said, oh, thank you. And his girlfriend from inside the car yelled, thank you, sir. Thank you. And he came over and he said, thank you so much. He said, oh, I thought we were going to be stuck here all night. I thought we had enough money. And I, I just, this is so bad. And I said, look, I'm going to put in 10 gallons. It'll easily get you to uh, Los Angeles from North San Diego. You should be fine. And he said, can I ask you a question? He said, why did you come over and help me? And I said, well, you asked, <laughs> you know, you asked for help. And he goes, yeah, but I was so nervous to ask. I thought you might call the police or something. And I said, no, I said, I was nervous. No question. I was nervous, but I wanted to help you. And I said, do you know what the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is? Have you maybe heard of the Mormons? And he said, oh yes, absolutely. I said, well, I'm a member of that church. And he said, you know what? He said, I was sitting here and as I was waiting and nobody was coming to help, he goes, I wanted to pray. And I wanted to pray for help from Heavenly Father, from God, he said. Um, but he said, I smoked a lot of weed today when I was down in uh, Tijuana. And I know that's not good. And I know that's not good for me. And he goes, I do a lot of things in my life that aren't good. And I didn't feel like I could pray. And then you came. And I said, you know, it's okay. I said a couple things. First of all, I prayed this morning that I'd be able to help out my fellow man. And so you're actually an answer to my prayers. You think I'm an answer to prayers that you didn't even give. You're actually an answer to my prayers. Because I asked Heavenly Father to put people in my path that I could help. And he was so surprised by this. He said, I'm an answer to your prayers. And he started laughing. And I said, yes, but I said, listen, none of us feel worthy to be before God. But he loves you. And I tell you now, he knows you. And he sent me to you. First of all, as an answer to my prayers, because I wanted to help someone today. But secondly, you didn't have to ask. He's your father and he knows you. However, I highly recommend that no matter what you did today, no matter what activities you're doing in your life, that you build a relationship with him. Because no matter what you do, he loves you. And the path back to doing the right things is building your relationship with him. And he looked at me for a minute, kind of, I think, a little bit surprised. And he said, uh, I do think God sent you. He said, I believe this. I believe God sent you to me. You are an angel. And I said, I'm far from an angel but you're right, God did send me here. At that point, he had a bunch of stuff. You could see stuff piled up in his van. And he said, oh, I've got something for you. I was wearing a Lakers t-shirt. And he tried to give me a Lakers hat. He goes, we sell these at the swap meet. Please take a hat. And I said, no, you need to make that money. And I said, as much as I love it, I do have about 10 Lakers hats. But thank you for offering. And he said, thank you. I will never forget this thank you. And I said, go say your prayers before you travel so that you'll be safe. And he said, oh, I will. And I walked away. And I walked back to my car and went to my hotel room. And as I knelt down and said my prayers that day, I was very grateful for this man. I don't know his name. I don't know whatever happened. But we had this wonderful moment of honesty. 
Our brothers and sisters, let's not forget they were in the pre-existence too. They voted for the plan too. God loves them and knows them by name. And I, I would never suggest that you go out and do put yourself in a position of danger, which I think I kind of did a little bit, but that's okay. Because the Spirit was with me. Last week, Williamson Sintel said, if you have the Spirit with you, you have nothing to fear. And the Spirit was with me. That man became an answer to my prayers. And I'm grateful for it. And that's what's happening this week in my Latter-day life. I want to thank you again for uh, checking us out, whether you're listening to us or watching us on YouTube or on Facebook. Our audience continues to grow. And thank you. We really appreciate it. If you would, follow us on Facebook or give us a review on, on uh, iTunes or wherever you can leave us a review. We really appreciate it. So until next week, when we will have another fantastic episode, please remember, as always, there is a great big beautiful world out there. So go be in it, just not of it. Thanks for listening. 